Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where I decide what Gabe should learn about the years he missed in pop culture while he was being homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world is usually how this goes. The year 1993 is what I would normally say. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what happened. I started doing... Uh, I started doing the uh, the research for the year, right? So for 1993, and normally because of the time frame and the and the format that we keep, you know, it's like three TV shows, three movies. But as I started looking into movies, I gotta tell you, man, 1993 was a ridiculously good year for movies. I was getting to like 2025 movies that I wanted to talk about. And I was like, I can't do this, and then. But I can't leave some of these movies out. And normally, like I said, like I, I feel pretty confident about the ones we talk about. Like I'm like, oh, these are these are great. There were so many great movies made in 1993 or released in 1993 that I was I started the list and I was like, okay, this is this is an episode on its own. So, ladies and gentlemen, and Gabriel, we're talking 1993 movies today. So, let's first talk about all the movies that we're not going to talk about because. There are so many. These are all the honorable mentions, okay? Let me just, let me just start it with that, okay? So, honorable mentions here. Mr. Nanny, Son of the Pink Panther, Loaded Weapon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Dragon, the Bruce, Bruce Lee story, Hot Shots Part Duh, Last Action Hero, The Dennis the Menace movie, Sleepless in Seattle, because, you know, Rookie of the Year, Weekend at Bernie's 2, Jason Goes to Hell, Free Willy, Surf Ninjas, The Real McCoy, The Beverly, the Beverly Hillbillies, Supercop 2, Robocop 3, Adam's Family Values, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, and Wayne's World 2. All happened in 93. And these are not the ones we're talking about. I think I saw, I think off the top of my head, I think five of those for sure. I might have maybe some others. But there's some good ones in there. I Even I recognize that. Exactly, right? And these are the ones that didn't make the cut, is what I'm saying. That's how good 1993 is. So good that we're actually gonna we're gonna talk about them in chronological order from January to, to December. Okay, we're gonna jump right in. I don't care what right. you, I don't care what you were doing in '93, Gabe. I care about movies. So I wasn't doing much because <laughs> you were two. I, w- <laughs> I was five. <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> that's that's more than double. At that point, you make leaps and bounds. You know what? That's true, actually. I think that you're absolutely right. Okay, so the first movie we're going to talk about is the movie called Leprechaun. The first Leprechaun came out in January 1993. This is the one with um, Warwick. What's his name? Adam Warwick? No, Warwick no. Davis. Warwick Davis. The Warwick Davis, where he comes out as the uh, Leprechaun. This was also like um, uh, Jennifer Aniston's starring role, you know, for her first movie. So that happened in 93, right? Leprechaun turned out... I think there's like seven or eight movies at this point for Leprechaun. Okay? Yeah. This is the beginning That's of it That's pretty wild. All. It is so wild. Okay, then the movie Alive comes out. Do you recall that movie at all? No. This is the mov- the the biopic about the uh, soccer team from uh, South America that gets uh, uh, stranded because of a plane crash on the Andes Mountains. And then they end up having to like resort to eating each other when they run out of food and then they actually get rescued so they have to live with the fact that they you know right ate each other but like it had uh, a pretty decent cast of people in it because i remember like like uh what's his name not steven dorf the guy that kind of looks like steven dorf ethan hawk was in it wow okay? yeah alive body of evidence comes out in 93 this is a movie starring madonna and i believe william defoe yeah madonna was acting she made a movie. It was called. It was called. I've, I've heard the title. Body of Evidence. Now this is a good one for me because I I I was such an enormous fan of Van Damme when Bloodsport came out, dude. I was like, this is a movie unlike anything I've ever seen. And then he did Kickboxer. I was like, oh my god, how is it possible for this man to do two great movies back to back? 
And then I think he was like, it was like Lionheart. And then he kind of got typecast as the guy who fought in movies. Not so. Then he got away from like those competition fighting movies. And then he was the guy that was just kicking everybody's butt. Nowhere to Run comes out in 93. Did you? Was that on your radar? Were any Van Damme movies in your radar? uh, At some point. I think I've seen Hard Target. Ah, funny you mentioned that because Hard Target. (laughs) (laughs) He was one of the multiple movies a year, guys. Uh, August 1993. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we'll get to the hard target later, which I don't even remember the plot to, but I just remember watching that movie. I think that was the one in the stadium, right? Hockey game? Uh, I... Anyway, we're not looking this up. But, but I certainly, I didn't see it in 93 either, obviously. Of course not. Wouldn't yeah. that be a thing? Five-year-old you should have never seen any Van Damme movies. They were so bloody. No. So Nowhere to Run comes out. The first of the two movies for Van Damme in, in, in 1993. And then a really great movie comes out, Sniper. Did you ever watch or have you heard of Sniper? I've heard of it. I think I watched one of the ones later because there's a, that's a, another one that spawned sequels, right? Quite a few, yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. I don't think know if I saw the first one or not. I own one of them, I think. Oh, wow. That's, in that. that's incredible. So the, yeah. first, the first one starred Tom Berenger and Billy yep. Zane as the new... So Tom Berenger is the um, tenured uh, sniper and Billy Zane is the new one coming on board and he's going to be taught by... Tom Berenger and they're uh, marine snipers, so obviously. Yeah, no, uh, that's. I think, I think that's why my mom got it for me eventually when when she did. We were. Uh, it was during our road trip, cross country. Like, we saw a deal and like picked it up and like got me sniper, and so I had this. I had this movie. I, it might have. It might have been the first one. I can't remember now. I knew. I. I. I know there's multiples. Yeah. No. I think. I, remember, the, I think. I, I remember Berenger. Honestly, number four or five is the last one. And I think Berenger came back. Or Billy Zane and Barry Jr. came back. I think they might have both came back for it. It might be the first one, then. I might actually own the first one. Oh, snap. That's the good one, from yeah, what I go. recall. From what I recall. Fair. Okay. February. Groundhog Day comes out in February. Did you watch that one? I have seen that. It's a fantastic movie. Bill Murray. Yeah. Just a classic. It. I, I've seen it in the last five years. It still holds up. It's a great, it's a funny, funny movie. Somebody did the math, right, uh, of how long he was actually in that loop. And they were talking about potentially over 10 years that he was in that loop. Because they were like, for him to have been proficient at like some of the things that he did and the amount Tasks, of time and yeah. Yeah, that would have taken him to learn those, unless he was learning them consecutively, which it didn't seem like would have been the case. They said it probably was over 10 years that he was in that loop. I was like, holy crap, why would somebody do this math and ruin this movie for me? <laughs> they did the math. Yeah. Army of Darkness comes out in 1993. The closing... Well, well, no, I guess I, I'm going to say no. It'll be the last of the trilogy of the uh, Evil Dead franchise, but before the TV show and before, I think, there's a current movie they're working on, right? Yeah. The TV show was great, by the way. Ash vs. Evil was actually a very funny. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen that. I, in fact, I'm not even sure. I feel like I've seen some in that series. I don't know which one because it was a while ago. But so, Army of Darkness, I, familiar. Army of Darkness is where they take themselves less serious and they definitely go into slapsticky comedy. Uh, while Evil Dead One was a bit of a scary, low-budget indie film, and Evil Dead Two was a sequel to that. Army of Darkness, they definitely did not take us serious. This is where you get some of the catchiest, yeah, catchiest lines and a lot funnier because they're definitely (laughs) playing into it. Uh, We talked about uh, Desperado, uh, El Mariachi comes out in February of 1993. Independent film that starts the career of one Robert Rodriguez. Uh, This movie, I don't know if you've seen. I'll be surprised if you have, but I'll be kind of excited if you have also. Falling Down, starring Michael Douglas. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, I haven't. I know of it. So for those who are listening, Falling Down is about a... What would be his best way to describe him? He's a, he's a white-collar, bottom-of-the-ladder of the you know, worker ant who one day just... I think 
the straw that broke the camel's back happens and it's the one too many and that day he is just not taking shit from anybody he is becomes a vigilante snaps yeah he snaps and he becomes a vigilante to a certain extent and the movie's about him losing it everything he does and then eventually you know how they stop him I remember watching that movie, dude. Like, I didn't watch it in 93, but I watched it probably like mid 90s. I thought it was a brilliant movie. That was so well done. It was so good. And, you know, it, it was one, it, it, and it was around the time right before like the post office shooting started to happen. So they think everybody kind of connected like things, you know. So that was February 93. So far, nine movies, okay, that are pretty decent movies. Well, okay, okay. Let I me, mean, <laughs> uh, half of those are pretty decent movies. <laughs> they're all notable they're for the most part yeah now march only has two it has the movie cb4 i don't know if you ever heard of that one Mm-mm. cb4 starts chris tucker and it's um a parody of it's parody comedy actually of uh of almost like of nwa they're making fun by telling this fictional story of an up-and-coming rapper who goes through the the struggles of fame and you know so yeah cb4 was actually very funny uh and then i don't know if you heard of this one fire in the sky i don't think so so this is based on a real event of a of a supposed uh alien abduction now the reason oh. why this one sticks in my head is because i remember this was the first movie that i watched where they took it serious and they did a really good movie about an alien abduction and how that man had to struggle with what happened and nobody believing him and then, you know, and him believing that it was true. Uh, but it, oh. that's why it sticks in my head because I remember watching it and I remember thinking that it was, it, it was, it's an alien abduction. Like you, you at the time, it, you know, it, it wasn't something that like you took serious, but the fact that they did a, a, pr- a pretty decent like version of telling that story and took it serious, it's always stuck in my head. But yeah, based on uh-huh. a, based on a real life story though, I think that was the first movie where I saw like, and not even like, like a uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where you know it's a whole vi- right. it's a whole town. Like this was like one man story and like how nobody believes him, but he was like, no, I was abducted, you know. Like, so I remember that movie for that reason. April, this movie always sticks in my head because I think it's Danny DeVito has done some really fantastic movies, but Jack yes. the Bear, Jack the Bear, I don't know if you've heard of that movie. I feel like I've heard the title. I don't know. I have no clue what it's about. So Jack the Bear, and again, I, I should have done more research on these, but there's so many. It would have taken too long. If yeah, went yeah, too yeah. Much of these. So I'm going off of memory here. So Jack the Bear, I remember watching it, and it was a story of a, of a single dad taking care of his kids. And it was just the struggles, the everyday struggles of, of you know, like your kids getting hurt and, and your kids going through stuff and him dealing with it. But I remember it was like a serious role from him. And... Up until that point, like it was Taxi, it was like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, you know, like he wasn't known for, for that. But uh, it, you know, this is way pre-Renaissance, man. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching that movie, and I, 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 it always sticks in my head of like this dad struggling to like you know keep it together, trying to raise his kids. So I, it always stuck in my head. But yeah, Jack the Bear comes out in in '93. Do you know the movie Indecent Proposal? Yes. Did you watch it or just know it? No of it. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it. I can't. No, nah, I haven't seen it. So Robert Redford, um, Woody Harrelson, and Demi Moore. And it's the story there's a, of... There's a lineup for you. Yeah. It's the story of this couple who are in Vegas, and they're uh, struggling for money. They're behind on their bills. And this billionaire comes up to them and basically is like, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you let me sleep with your wife. Demi Moore being the wife and uh, the billionaire being... Uh, Robert Redford and the it goes through the story of like them accepting and then the marriage troubles of you know having accepted such a deal and just the entire storyline is is fantastic I, I remember that movie thinking man what a great like at the time you know like very new and interesting next up we have The Sandlot did you ever watch that one I have seen that it's been a long time but that was one of the ones that you see it on TV. That's how my, I think that's my exposure. Is you see it on television. It's definitely one of those movies that like cable is just constantly playing, huh? TBS yep. or. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that movie, dude, and t- to this day, like there are still lines that I quote from that movie without even trying. Like killing me, Smalls. That thing is just gonna last forever. 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it, you know what it is, dude? I, I'm I'm a big fan, and it, it's probably why I'm a fan of like the Goonies and like the movie Super Eight and uh, the Lost Boys. I'm a fan of of a um, of a kid cast movie, you know, where they're the where they're the main yeah. characters, and and you see like young actors really like doing incredibly uh, great performances, where they look so natural doing it. I'm a huge fan of that, like all the way back to like the the Bad News Bears. So that was, I think, because it happened also when I was a teenager. I think it, it became my Bad News Bears, you know, like my version of that. Because even Mighty Ducks was around the same, you know, but you had the adult actor. In this yeah. one, it was all kids, just like, you know, the just like the other movies that I like. So this one always stands out for me because I'm always a big fan of a movie where the where the kids are the cast and, and they're the main cast. So Yeah, it seems like that's, uh, I mean, I'm sure that still stuff still happens, but the, the feel of that through the 80s and 90s, like kind of cemented that type of movie and it seems like everything's so i don't know if overproduced is the word but like it's polished so polished and modern you know it's kind of like watching real explosions versus fake explosions cgi like as good as the cgi is there's like a authenticity in the real stuff that sells those 90s and 80s action movies yeah when this the other stuff is silly yeah, and I think that's why maybe like uh, Stranger Things is so like I think people are feeling that you know like it's a good story, but yeah, you have it a very captures strong that. Cast. Yeah, it definitely captures that. And you know what's funny? You said CGI right now. So um, I just binge watched the Reacher show on Amazon. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's really is good. it? Yeah, like that, that, that guy, Alan Richardson. He's, he's just a wall. That dude he is, is like a, enormous. He's a giant. He's like 6'2", 230 pounds, and most of it is muscle. I I was familiar with him from that show, Blue Mountain State, from back in the day, but then he was also oh, in okay. Titans. He was a hawk from Titans, or Dove. Hawk and Dove? Hawk, I think, in, in Titans. So I was familiar with his work in that sense. He was The only thing I know about the show is that people complained previously, I guess people familiar with the franchise, that Tom Cruise was not a good representation because the guy is supposed to be this big dude. He is. And Tom Cruise is not a big he dude. Is not no matter what camera dude. angles they take, he is not. And that's the funny thing. Like uh, I was actually just listening to him on the Inside of You podcast with Michael Rosenbaum. Mm. And he was talking about when he was cast, he was 200 pounds and that he gained 30 for the show. And I was like... Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. I was like, wait a minute. You were already a big ass dude, and you went bigger. That's impressive. That's but impressive. A really good All show. Right, I'll put that. I should watch that then. Really good show. But uh, the reason why I was talking about um, CGI, it was the first show where I saw a CGI tear, and yeah, I was like, oh. we're at the point where actors don't even have to cry anymore. They're just gonna. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's weird though. It's weird to yeah. see it. Because oh. yeah, because something's off, and you're like, you couldn't do like the eyedropper in between. The, I don't like, know why they quick, did that. Anything. I will give you another That's gripe. Good. I will give you another gripe. They didn't shave him when he wore his uniform, and I was like, mm. especially because he's supposed to be a major. That's mm. that's a mistake. That is a mistake. So anyway, Reacher. If you haven't watched it, I think people should watch it. I recommend. Yeah. It. All right. All right. Uh, back to movies. The movie Benny and June comes out in April '93. Did you ever see or heard about that one? haven't seen it i know the title so it was it was a johnny depp film where uh him and uh and the female lead play these um what's the best way i not they're 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 normal but they're very quirky characters and it's a love story and things like like that sounds like johnny depp (laughs) yeah yeah but it's a different kind of quirky because it's it's physical and everybody sees it it isn't like he's a character it's like no that's who he is in the movie but anyway it was a fun movie i remember watching it i was fond of it um, uh, you know, so I, I, I re- when I saw it on the list, I was like, oh, wow, that came out in 93 too. Okay, cool. Here's another big one because of the cult status it's received in the Latino community. Blood in, blood out, bound by honor. Do you know that one? No. So yeah, so the original title of the movie was Blood in, Blood Out, but eventually I think they ended up changing it to like um, Bound by Honor or Blood in, Blood Out, Bound by Honor. But it was based on a book uh, of the experiences of a of a writer or poet covering like the two decades of him growing up in you know uh east los angeles and it follows like three different people who grew up in the same neighborhood and the 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 different backgrounds that they ended up being in so like like i said (laughs) it's a blasphemous to say it's not a good movie but it's one of those movies (laughs) that over the years has built this following and again like 
I've watched it more than once. I'm like, this is not a good movie. <laughs> but you go back to it and you almost watch it because of that. But at the same time, there's a little bit of pride, especially if you're Latino. You're like, it's a little bit of pride because they use real locations. They they filmed this in East L.A. There was some authenticity. Yeah, there, there was some authenticity to it, but it's not a good movie. It's not. <laughs> and, and, you know, whoever disagrees with me, that's that's totally fine. Just not for me. And I am Latino and I... You know, I didn't grow up in East Los, but I was damn near near it. Okay, but yeah, that's came, fair. Yeah, it came out. It's 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 like a modern day. What would it be? Actually, I can't even compare it to a modern day anything. But yeah, it's it's a movie you, you should watch at least once. But it's not a movie I'm gonna say like, oh, you you missed out if you haven't watched it. Just saying. Fair. Moving on to May 1993, a movie called Posse, starring Maribam Peebles. Do you remember that one? Mm-mm. So the the reason why this movie stuck out in my head when I saw it and even now is this was one of the first movies where you saw um, black cowboys and like cool action black cowboy movies, right? So it was almost like a modern day black exploitation movie, huh? But well done. And Mario Ben Peebles' father was actually one of the godfathers of black exploitation movies in the seventies. So he kind of took up the mantle. And again, it was a positive story of black gunfighters uh, from the West, except, you know, um, that's what I remember from the movie. I remember I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. And uh, when I saw it on the list, I was like, oh, I remember that movie. That was a good movie. There was a short period of time between the late 80s, early 90s, where Mary Bone Peebles was a, a pretty up and coming uh, star, a movie star. Yeah. And then he just kind of like, you know, he plateaued, never went too far. We have the movie... Menace to Society that came out in 1993. Does that ring a bell at all? No. So Menace to Society was... Okay, so there was a movie called Boys in the Hood that came out in... Um, yep. Right? That was basically... that. So Menace to Society was like topping that movie where the the criminal acts are, are way more uh, blatant, you know, like... In in boys to the boys in the hood, like they were telling the story of growing up in the hood. This was more like the rougher side. Like these guys were criminals committing crimes, like getting away with stuff. Like okay, it was that, but it made an impact in society though because uh, it's a movie that gets referenced quite a bit. And again, look, okay. I'm going off of memory. I'm not looking any of these movies up. So if I'm getting this wrong to any of our listeners, this is just me looking at a, a, a ridiculously amazing year of movies and just rattling off as many as I can. Because Gabe needs to hear about these movies. And the world needs to not forget these movies. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Cliffhanger comes out in May 1993. I have seen Cliffhanger. Right? Look, we I think we give... Uh, also, I was going to say, uh, Stallone's the other guy with two bangers in 1993, by the way. <laughs> Just wait till <laughs> we get to the next one. one. Just wait till you get to the next one. <laughs> I'm excited. So, Stallone doesn't... like. Okay, so for every... For every, like, Cobra that Stallone did, for every Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, Oscar, he had, like, really good movies like Cliffhanger, like Copland. Uh, it's one of these movies where where it's, you know, it's crazy what this movie is. But it was very um, typical 90s action movies with, with an action star. Yeah. But I remember playing the video game to this damn movie, dude. It was a, it was a good movie. My favorite tie-in for this is that, so I, I did it when I was in high school, we used to go rock climbing every year in Joshua Tree. And when going through the safety and explaining everything, they talked about how much work they had to do to make his harness fail. And this was a uh, an issue where the production company, nowadays, they're very careful about brands and how they represent, and they'll have a fake brand or something. Oh, you mean but Pel- they zoomed you mean, right in on that. You mean Peloton killing Mr. Big? <laughs> yeah. They zoomed right in on that black diamond. You know, and his harness ripped. And Black Diamond is a big brand in climbing, and they're it's a high quality. And uh, they sued the uh, they sued the pants off of, and and they won. They got to get they got some huge settlement because they had literally had to like saw through the thing until it was almost broken. Like they had to cut it a couple times because it wouldn't fail. Like they wanted it to fail, and they cut it, and it didn't, and they cut it again. So they had to like cut it till it was like basically almost already cut all the way through before it would fail, which is actually you know. When that story comes out, it's real positive for the brand. But like the representation of, oh, look, he's wearing black diamond and he almost, you know, died. Like they did not appreciate that. So it was explained to us that these harnesses are like super redundant, 
super uh, safe that you literally have to cut almost all the way through the strap to make it to make it break. Nice. Those things can hold like thousands of pounds. It's insane. Dude, that's awesome. Like I the only rock climbing I ever did was in the service and it was with yeah. ropes that you made yourself. Yeah, you tied your you own, tied your own yeah. harness and yeah, then... the tower of t- t- what do they call it? The Tower of Doom or whatever? I don't remember. I don't remember. That that's that's universal or whatever. Yeah, and because of that, dude, I, I keep at least three or four carabines uh near me. Yeah. They come Just in handy case. so much with luggage and traveling. They really yeah, do. You saw that. <laughs> All this stuff going on in Ukraine. I saw. I, I check when I see they're wearing their flak vest. I'm always. I see one clipped in the game. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, ninety three, Gabe. May, a forgotten, a forgotten film. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, starring. Oh man. Yeah, starring. Again, I would say John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins, but I think it was, you know, he was a little bit better known. John Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Yeah, this is a movie people, I think the Nintendo would want you to forget. But look, it's not a terrible movie. They did a hell of a rendition, a retelling of that story. Those Goombas, shout out to Heather. Those Goombas are on point. (laughs) And the little jumping boots. I mean, they they went, look, they they didn't go as far as like Double Dragon crazy. But they didn't. Someone had an idea that they brought to life because yeah how do you turn that into a movie without being an animated i mean it's it's difficult right. and look the movie's not good but i would watch it it's it's a fun i've movie. not seen it but i know about it thanks to my video game uh immersion in that culture and and the fact that this is a touchstone for how this is one of those examples they give for how bad a video game movie can be and how they've they've generally always been pretty bad yeah, no, I, I, but again, like I, I, I think of, I think of Street Fighter, I think of of uh, Double Dragon, and I'm like, no, they could be worse. Yeah, no, like, they could be. They they took a swing here, and you know it was a miss, but it was a really good swing. While the other movies didn't, even, I mean, it was like it was baseball and softball almost, you know. Right. Well, nowadays too, you get at least some of the people involved actually care about the medium that they're like. This is still in a time where it probably didn't really. The person that's the creative mind here probably really wasn't immersed in like they probably weren't a big Mario fan. They were just like, okay, like what am I gonna do with this story? And then that's what you got. Yeah, but I I would say that it's it's um it it's not as terrible as people make it out to be. I think it's a good movie. I think you should watch it. Um, June had one movie, and I can tell you when I tell you the name of this movie, you'll know why there was only one movie in June, and that movie was Jurassic Park. Nobody wanted to compete. I mean, why, dude? Who would want to? That movie is ridiculous. How good it is! I recently, again, the last five years, saw it again, and I was like, "This movie holds up, man. This movie holds up." That's a classic. July, Uh, we're gonna have another individual who has two movies in one year, and and the name might look a little familiar to you. So first, we start with the movie *Son-in-Law*, starring the weasel himself, Polly Shore. Do you, did you ever watch Son-in-Law? No. So, uh, Polly Shore de- did some like decent cult classic movies in the in the nineties, Encino Man being, I think, one of the best ones. But that was a combination between Sean Austin, uh, Brandon Fraser, and and uh, and Polly Shore. Son-in-Law was the story of this Midwestern college girl, um, oh, Midwestern girl who goes to college in the West Coast meets Polly Shore. And brings him home for, brings him home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you know hilarity ensues when the West Coast laid-back Polly Shore goes into, you know, middle America in a farm. It's actually a funny. It's movie. always funny. It's a funny movie. It really is. <laughs> in the Line of Fire, do you know that movie? That is familiar. I can't. I couldn't tell you right now, but like I've, I've definitely heard. Tell me about it. This is uh, starring and directed by Clint Eastwood. And it's about mm-hmm. um, an aging um, a Secret Service agent uh, on, on one of the last cases, and there's a, a killer that's that's out to kill the president. The, it stars Clint Eastwood, Renee Russo, and the bad guy is John Malkovich. I, if I I want to say it's John Malkovich, really good movie. It's one of the first times where like uh, I saw something where I was like, I wonder if this is a thing. And this is '93, but John Malkovich's character makes a 
basically a 3D printed, you know, like plastic gun to be able to get it through security and be able to take it apart and put it together and be able to ahead shoot. Ahead of their time. Yeah, way ahead of their time. Great movie, though. Really, really good movie, I think. Now, this movie I'm not a fan of, but I know it's a cult classic. Hocus Pocus came out in 93. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, again, nothing wrong with that movie, just not for me. But I know, again, probably shout out to Heather, uh, a movie that's that's loved by a lot of people. Yeah, that's absolutely an annual watch for some people. Oh, yeah. Not, 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 not something that, that particularly ever got me. I saw it, though, and I was like, all right. Coneheads comes out in 93. Did you ever watch Coneheads? No, I know of it though. That was like I remember. That's one of those things where the the the, the imagery jumps out at you, and you're oh, just like, for "What?" Sure. Uh, that's for the, how they get you. For those of you who don't know, this was an SNL skit that got turned into a movie because of the popularity of it. Dan Aykroyd was in it. Chris Farley's in it. Um, oh man, yeah, it was a it was a it was a fantastic movie, and it had a really great soundtrack, and it had one song that to this day I still listen to, and it's Soul to Squeeze by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think it's one of their greatest songs, and it was only for the soundtrack to that movie. It's a good song. It's a great song. Robin Hood Men in Tights comes out in 1993, Mel Brooks production, written and directed by Mel Brooks, starring Gary Ewells and Dave Chappelle, a young Dave Chappelle. Funny. That's a good one. I have seen that. Fantastic movie. Speaking of uh, SNL alumni, uh, did you ever watch the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer? No. This is one of Mike Myers' first movies that I saw. And it is a really, really good movie. He hires most of his old SNL like uh, peers. Because like Phil Hartman has a fantastic role in it. Uh, but Mike Myers basically meets this. So he's he's been a, relation, he's a character that's relationship weary. Like he doesn't want to be in a relationship and he always finds a way to like um, to sabotage his relationships because he finds something wrong with the women's with the women he's dating, and he meets this girl. Everything seems to be going well, and then he starts to believe that she's an axe murderer. She's a she's a serial killer who kills her lovers with an axe. So half the movie it's him like trying to figure out you know like if she is the the axe murderer that's in the film. It's a it's a really fantastic movie. It's it's one of the first times when you see him do his Irish, like Scottish, you know, British accent, where he plays yeah. his father also in that movie. He does that. He does that. He, it's, imagine a, a thin, fat bastard. <laughs> that was who his father was. <laughs> but yeah, that was the movie where I remember, I remember watching it, and I've watched it a few times. And I was like, man, th- this movie was so good. I can see where where the potential was for for what he ended up. I mean, who he is now, thanks to that. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, so I married an axe murderer. Highly recommend watching that movie. Speaking of Tupac, uh, one of the few movies he acted in, Poetic Justice, starring Tupac and Janet Jackson. Did you ever watch this? No, I had not. This is a, a story of, uh, of these two guys. So one guy works for the post office, and he has to make a, a mail run to like San Francisco and back. And he's got a girl that he wants to take with him. She has a friend, so he has to bring a friend. And his friend's like, uh, is uh, is Tupac. And you know, she's a, a poet. She loves poetry. She's a, she's a romantic. He's from the hood. He's thuggish. And you know, it's it's actually a really good movie. He he was such a good actor. I'm telling you right now, if Tupac had lived, he besides acting, besides rapping, he would have been an actor. He was a fantastic actor. He was great in this. He was great in Gridlock. Uh, I, I always remember that movie. He was great in, in um, uh, New Jack City. He was a really good actor. But anyway, Poetic mm. Justice, fantastic movie starring Janet Jackson and, uh, and Tupac. Moving on to August. Yeah, we're still in 1993, everybody. And there's some bangers coming up. I'm not going to lie. The Fugitive comes out in August 1993. I almost mentioned that when you were talking about uh, guns, about makeshift guns. Oh right! I said something because, like, I was like, man, like, because, like, they they were in the era of not three D printing them, but like the toilet roll in the spring, like the yep, the, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, starring <laughs> Harrison Ford and um, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care, and then jumps off. Did you ever, or have you ever heard of the movie The Meteor Man? No. This was a movie by Robert Townsend, and it was. A movie highlighting a black superhero, Meteor Man. And it was an origin story and everything. And the story was that a meteor landed and gave him powers. And he 
based on those powers, he could like he would start saving people in his neighborhood. It was you know it was a, it was a, a really good movie. Uh, Van Damme's second movie that we discussed earlier, Hard Target, comes out in in August. Again, look, this is before Van Damme went down downhill. Uh, he was still making okay movies. This one stands out to me because I remember watching it. I don't know what it was about this movie, but it, I still remember it. The Man Without a Face, starring Mel Gibson. Do you re- does this ring a bell at all? No. So it was a, it was a, a dramatic performance by Mel Gibson as a man who had his like half his face or most of his face burned and he never went out in public but somehow started mentoring this kid and like gets him through high school into college and stuff like that i remember i just again don't remember much of it but i remember it being a good movie you know again this is probably not the best when it comes to like details but hey we're here we're 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 going through it september california with a k does this movie ring a bell at all no brad pitt and i want to say it was the same girl from Natural Born Killers, uh, uh, Juliette Lewis. And it was the same thing, serial killers going through California. Uh, David Duchovny was in this. Yes, I remember now. Ah. True Romance comes out in 93, written by Quentin Tarantino, starring the guy was um, uh, the guy from the movie Pump Up the Jams and Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette. It had oh. Dennis Hopper, dude. It had a young Val Kilmer. It had a... It had Gary Oldman. It had a really young Brad Pitt in a scene. It was a great movie. A really good movie. This is the movie that, that you know, was already getting uh, Tarantino's name uh, among among the, the movie industry. Moving on to, oh, dude, this movie. Again, it's one of those movies that I saw and I have never forgotten because of how unique it was. It was a movie called Airborne. Does this sound familiar at all to you? Uh-uh. It was a story of a California kid who, for the summer or winter, winter probably, no, summer, goes to his cousin to live with his cousin's house in the Midwest. And he's a surfer dude. And they are a... As all Californians are, obviously. Obviously. Duh. <laughs> and they are a uh, hockey um, hockey community in the winter. But in the summer, they all go into inland skating. And mm-hmm. that's where the beef happens. Mm-mm. Young Jack Black, young um, young Seth Green, but they're neither of them are the lead. The lead is a really unknown actor that I to this day forget his name. Fun movie though, fun movie. Dazed and Confused comes out in 1993. I, I haven't seen it. I definitely know of it though. Yep, this is a movie about 1970s, 1980s. Uh, in the last week of high school for a group of kids as they're coming of age, you know, and it had a it had Ben Affleck in it. It had Mila Djokovic. It had quite the cast, now that I think about it, but a classic movie uh, about 1970s high school experience. Uh, yeah, fun, fun, good movie. Great soundtrack. The Good Son. Does that ring a bell? I have heard of that, yeah. This was Ma- I haven't seen it. Macaulay Culkin really stepping out as an actor. Him and Elijah Wood, if I recall, are the two young uh, actors in this movie. But yeah, dude, Macaulay Culkin's performance was ridiculous. Like, that's when you knew, like, this kid was not just home alone. This kid had some chops. Fantastic movie. Have you ever heard of A Bronx Tale? Yes. What do you recall? Uh, I don't recall anything. The title's familiar. <laughs> Tell me something. Let's see if I got it. <laughs> It's from 93. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember this movie was about a kid, uh, like a like an early teens kid who was fascinated by the local, you know, it's, it's, it's the Bronx. And so, you know, it's the mafia in some sort of way or another. But Charles, Chas Palminteri was in this movie. You might remember him from the usual suspects. He was the cop. Okay. He's the local gangster. And this like, early teens kid wants to get in on the business and he mm. starts to put in work. The kid's dad is played by Robert De Niro, who was um, a bus driver. I want to say who's just working as hard as he can to keep his family afloat. You uh, know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but it was the story of this kid, like, you know, um, trying to figure his way through the neighborhood and, and, and trying to figure his way through life, but trying to also, you know, please his dad and, and, you know, be true to himself. Um, really good film. Really good film. Moving on to October. Yeah, Gabe, we're still... This year is bonkers. Jam-packed. 
Now, this movie I'm conflicted by now in the last two months. Up until oh. this time, this was one of my favorite movies. Anytime this movie was... I was late to work once because this movie was on. Okay? Yeah. I started watching it midway through, and it was going to end like 20 minutes after I started work. Now, I used to live very close to work, so I was going to be 35 minutes late to work. And I fucking finished watching the movie, and I was late to work because of this movie. The movie is called Cool Runnings. Okay. I, I, it's, I have not seen it. I definitely know of it. Yeah, Cool Runnings. Now, the reason why I'm conflicted about this movie is because I watched it as a kid, and I watched for the last 15 years, 20 years, thinking, what a nice movie. And I heard a comedian talking about it recently, in the last two months. And she said the complete opposite. She said, it's, I hate that movie. It's one of the worst movies. And I, was, and I was like, oh, my God, why? In my head, as she was about to answer. And she said, because none of those people are Jamaican, and they have the worst Jamaican accents. And it, it dawned on me at that moment, in my 40s, that, holy crap, this movie's problematic. <laughs> That they put black actors, and I guess we're all just supposed to assume that it's okay for them yeah. to play Jamaicans. <laughs> That's a thing. I've watched some stuff about accents and stuff, and like Jamaicans, actually, it's often portrayed horribly. Like, and again, we don't notice, but like Jamaicans do. Yeah, um, I was a little bit ashamed at the time because I was like, I never thought about this. I just thought it was a really fun movie. So yeah. So I did you. You saw that recently, like this year, the Jamaican bobsled team made their return. They did, yeah, I saw that. It was the first time in, hang on, it was in how many years? For the first time in 24 years, like after 24 years, they're since the 1998 Winter Games. Crazy, because this movie came out in 93, and they were talking about the last time that they had been in the world. Yeah. <laughs> It's like wait, wait, uh, let's, it's like Haley's Comet or something. They hang on, let's, come let's around do that. Let's do the let's do the the uh, comparison real quick. So in '93, this movie was about let's see here, loosely based on the true story of the Jamaican national bobsled uh, team in the 1988 Winter Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> 88, 98, 2022. That's amazing. Told you. They're like they're like uh, they're like one of those they're like Haley's Comet or something. They just come around, you know. You got to wait like a decade. The second Stallone movie that comes out in October, and again, a freaking great year for Stallone, dude. Demolition Man, nineteen ninety three. I mean, instant classic. Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Sandy Bullock, Benjamin Bratt, um, and a ton of other people in this movie. It is. Demolition Man is one of those like, I mean, is it is it a is it a Stallone movie or is it a Sandra Bullock movie? Because she is amazing in it. And remember, this is around the time that she's doing Speed too, so she's hot. He's hot. Like, I I I think it's a Sandra Bullock movie because she steals it. She definitely steals it. <laughs> Stallone is a co-star to her, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Demolition Man though is a, a instant classic. In my in my in my heart of hearts, uh, the Man, nightmare. What a year! Yeah, no, no, we're not done yet, Gabe. We still got two. I know. I'm just saying, like you two had two people come up with two movies in the year that are, you know, they're big. They're big. Two. It's a lot of action. Oh no! Yeah, just wait, just wait, brother. Uh, the nightmare before Christmas comes out in 1993. Again, an instant classic that 25 years later is still just as strong as it was when it came out ridiculous right did you ever watch the movie rudy yes i saw that a long time ago again not not as long as it was apparently but a solid good movie sean austin about the usc right uh, uh football player who like was too small too short to everything to play but made an impact on the team great movie november we're gonna start off with the the one that <laughs> Because of our previous episode, Ernest rides again. All right, <laughs> can't keep Ernest down. Can't keep Ernest down. Uh, the Three Musketeers, starring Charlie Sheen and a bunch of other people. Do you, do you remember that one? Wow, I you know I think there's been a bunch of iterations, and I don't think I've seen that one. 
that okay. one uh that one's that's a, a story that struggled to to like have a a a, a really good film adaptation that's like it, as far as the story goes yeah because it's kind of like a king arthur movie like you can't really do it's just ugh. i feel like that's what the three must the three musketeers are. yeah and they've done i think they did it in the last 10 years they, they tried again and it just didn't work out i either. think so yeah but yeah so they, they, they oh no dude it was it was um it was Charlie Sheen. It was Kiefer Sutherland that were in this movie, and Chris O'Donnell. I, I want to say. I feel like I can picture like the cover from like yeah. being at like the video yeah. store at some point. Yeah, Mrs. Doubt- like that would have drawn my eye. Yeah. Okay. Mrs. Doubtfire, nineteen ninety three, starring Robin Williams. I have not seen that. I've seen so many clips of it. That's a movie I definitely should watch. Also, a movie that you know can never be remade. Yeah. For the record. Uh, Clint Eastwood's second film of 93, A Perfect World. Did you ever see or hear that one? No. Starring Kevin Costner. And it's about a, a fugitive on the lamb who, who kind of takes a, a kid as a hostage. And um, Clint Eastwood plays the uh, marshal or ranger going after him. Really good movie. Man, really to well come done. out in the same year as The Fugitive, that's rough. The Fugitive, yeah. And in the line of fire. I mean, Clint Eastwood was on fire. But this was more like I feel a, like it got overshadowed by but th- this was more another like a, on the run. This one stayed in Texas, I think. Well, the fugitive was, you know, throughout the whole. It was a national movie, right, right. Uh, and then a big one for me, which because I think it's 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 a packed full of incredible for performances, and a second movie for John Leguizamo. Thank you very much. I just realized that because of Benny Blanco, Carlito's Way. Have you ever seen that one? I have not seen it. The names are familiar though. Oh, Al Pacino plays Carlito, who is got out of prison and is trying to stay clean. But you know mm. how the streets are. You know how the streets keep are. pulling you back in. Sean Penn, dude, is phenomenal in this movie, dude. He plays um, his lawyer and, and uh, just fantastic. John Leguizamo plays the new up-and-coming kid on the block who looks up to Carlitos because, hey, man, you were the guy that inspired me to be who I am. But then Carlitos doesn't have time for him because, yo, I'm a changed man. This is not my life anymore, you know. Also, uh, one of the earliest performance of uh, Viggo Mortensen. Just, I remember all Whoa. these things, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible, I remember wow. this crap. Uh, and then we get to December. So the quick ones that we'll get out of the way, the movie Philadelphia comes out. Uh, one of the first movies that really concentrates on the AIDS epidemic, starring Tom Hanks as the lead character with Denzel Washington. And I think I want to say a young Antonio Banderas plays uh, Tom Hanks uh, as his partner in the movie. Uh, and it's about, uh, you know, the how AIDS was being treated in the 90s for uh, individuals and how they were being uh, discriminated against. Really good movie. Really good movie. Grumpy Old Man, starring uh, Walter Matthau. Fantastic movie. Schindler's List comes out in 1993 in December. I, I mean, that movie is is so good, dude. I mean, so good. As we've already covered. Yes. What's Eating Gilbert Grape comes out in 1993 in December. Did you ever watch that one? I have not. I know. I know of it though. Yep. Uh, Johnny, starring Johnny Depp and one of Leonardo DiCaprio's probably best performances. Mask of the Phantasm comes out in 1993. This was the Batman, the animated TV show movie. Oh, yeah. I definitely haven't seen that. Really, really good movie, dude. It's basically like at the height of the popularity of Batman, the animated, um, animated TV show. I'm sorry. They were able to pull off a movie because of how good this show was doing. Release in the theaters. It's a really, really good movie. It really is for an animated film. And the last movie we'll talk about for December 1993. And I think maybe the movie, to me, that has stood out and has had the longest shelf life, just because I I watched it literally like two months ago, Tombstone comes out in 1993. Yeah, there's there's, there's, there's a a, a good one. Before we talk about before we talk about tombstones, Gabe, can you name three to five of the best mustaches on TVs, TV shows, or movies, or actors? Go. I mean, isn't that all of them? Aren't they all in tombstones? 
Hang on, is there a mustache? Hang on, can I think of one outside of Tombstone that really You should be out? able to think of at least two outside of Tombstone. But they are Ooh, some fantastic uh, mustaches in that are, movie. Are they still on Sam Elliott? <laughs> <laughs> I think Sam Elliott holds probably the t- five of the top ten best mustaches <laughs> in movie history. Yes, you're absolutely right. He, he continues to bear it. He, he continues, um, yes. I mean, I... I, I if we're gonna if we're gonna go in one direction, we could say Groucho just because half the time it's painted on, and that's okay. and that's fantastic. That's a good one in and of itself. Um, what else is fantastic? Uh, I really I am surprised, Tom, but go ahead. Tom Selleck. I was about to say I'm surprised you haven't said Tom Selleck because yeah. he, his mustache ruled the eighties. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was definitely it was it was his co-star. It was. Yeah, no, I, I would say Sam Elliott, I think, to my, to me, holds the best mustache I've ever seen. Anybody, Nobody has been able to grow a mustache like his. Now, no, he's it's iconic. Second to him is a toss-up between Tom Selleck and Nick Offerman from uh, Ron Swanson. I mean, there you go. that mustache is... I, am, I, I can grow a mustache? No, it is a baby compared to that mature, <laughs> elder, like just sophisticated mustache that they can grow. And I think the latest <laughs> the latest mustache that I think I would say is 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 pretty pretty solid and because I've been binging him recently was Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso has a pretty solid mustache. I haven't seen the show yet, but I've seen the, the ads and yeah, he's got he's got that iconic look he's going. He's got a solid mustache. And for any of you who have not seen it, it is one of the best TV shows I've seen in the last 5 years and I highly highly recommend if you don't want to pay, I think Apple TV gives you like seven days free to try it out. You can knock that show out three, four episodes a night in seven days. It is by far one of the best TV shows I've seen in the last five years. And it there is nothing wrong with that show whatsoever. It's a fantastic show. But anyway, back to Tombstone. It is... Uh... This is... Go ahead. That's one of my dad's favorite movies. The Fugitive is one of my mom's favorite movies. So Both in the same year. Everyone. Yes. 93, baby. And Tombstone. I I remember – I don't remember the – when it happened. I remember the apparently the first time – I think it was like on TV and my dad put it on. And, of course, it was a cowboy movie, so my brother and I were super interested. And my mom was outraged that we saw something so violent. It's a, I can't even remember what age I was, but apparently that was an issue. I saw it a bit too early. Um, and I didn't get to see it uh, again as a uh, as a more mature mind until later. But man, I remember like watching that. You feel like if that's not how these guys were, like that's how they should have been. And it's actually surprisingly close based on what we know. Like it seems uh, it seems like it has to be Hollywood, but apparently Doc Holliday was far ahead of his time. The actual man. Yeah, no, I remember watching this movie. Like now, so I remember watching this in the mid '90s, right? I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it in 93. I'm pretty sure I watched it like a year or two later. Yeah. And I was already a fan of Val Kilmer, right? He had done, for me, Val Kilmer, I was never um, a Top Gun fan, but I was a Willow fan. I was a Top Secret fan. Like, well, you know, like he was, he was, he was that guy. And um, he was just so good in this. And then for me, because I was into old timey TV, kind of a little bit like you, I was, I was deep into like, Gilligan's Island and 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 you know 60s and 50s TV shows. Uh, Kurt Russell was a was a kid actor. You know, like I think one of his earliest performances was as a teenager on Gilligan's Island, and then he was a contract Disney uh, actor, and he did like the computer wore tennis shoes, and he did like uh, you know a series of movies for them. But you know, like you know, and and he had uh, Snake, and he had you know uh, from Escape from New York, and he had Big trouble in little china he was a, a a big actor to me so when you put those two together and then the cinematography like the look of that movie the the wardrobe it's my iconic. god it, you know and again yeah. look, you watch the movie and yes you get the hollywood part of it right where they where they stretch out the truth and but that gunshot that that fight at the gunshot at the okay corral it's from what i've read it's pretty legit like you that's how you would battle each other and and you weren't necessarily going to hit each other at that range like there was nerves and yeah it's shocking back when the history channel was uh uh a little more grounded i remember i i specifically remember seeing a show 
where I think it was it might have been Tales of the Gun, where they really went into the OK Corral and they actually had like people who were proficient like cowboy shooters and they got him with simunition rounds and had him wear protective gear and had him like get within the same spacing and be like, now try to shoot each other in this time frame. Here's your you know, and their accuracy as people who were proficient with that type of firearm was surprisingly bad, you know, and so because you're sitting there saying like these guys would have been hit like eh, they weren't, though. Yeah, like, no. Surprisingly. Yeah, I, I remember I remember when I first when I watched it the second time, after having learned a little bit more about them, um, you know, you, you, you pick up the Hollywood stuff, right? That the the action scenes and the overly Hollywood stuff. <laughs> like you know, like switching guns mid ride and yeah, I get it. But uh performances wise, I mean Val Kilmer Even the quotes. It. Yeah, even the oh quotes my God. like historically fairly like from what we know as accurate as they could be and you're just like that's that seemed like it had to be but like val kilmer is apparently a uh uh portraying uh doc holiday as he he was kind of a, actually a lippy kind of guy back in the day yeah no it's it's a it's a fantastic movie that i again i i've seen that i saw that movie in the last two months and it's, it just oozes style. It, it it does. It really, really does. You can watch that movie and not care about a western, but just care about a really well made film, and, and it it knocks it out of the park. It's fantastic. It, it, you get into the real story at all too, and it's 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 a it it is amazing that like the Earps did as well as they did. Like for the life he he led, Wyatt Earp, the fact that he like died of old age, and Virgil as well, even after his his injury went on to have continued to have a law enforcement career and ended up, you know, living a full life. Yeah, no, it, it was impressive. Um, and a, a, an insane cast, right? You had Jason Priestley as a, as a side, Billy Zane. Oh my God, Billy Zane again. <laughs> well, isn't this the second one time we've mentioned Val Kilmer too? The real McCoy, huh? You mentioned him in something earlier. You said Val Kilmer, but anyway, apparently three movies. I didn't, what, what was the third one? <laughs> True Romance. Oh yeah, that's where I said it. <laughs> did you was, did you say that? Yeah, okay. he was in True Romans. Yeah, I couldn't remember the title, but I was like, you said it in what else? That Christian Slater. You did. That's right, Christian. Because Christian Slater, Gary Oldman. You were. These are all the names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in three. No, uh, yeah, no. Uh, that's why I, I left this again. Not only did I leave it for last, but it also came out in December, so it was yeah. the end of the year. So nine, that's what, and that's be. what I'm saying. When I was doing the research for '93, I was like. Uh, you have to talk about it. This year was ridiculous when it came to movies. Like I, I, I'm telling you, I have never had so much trouble picking movies. And the depth, the deeper I went into this this well, the more I realized just how much water there was in this well when it came to movies. It was a, a phenomenal year of movies. I, I don't know why somebody hasn't made a documentary about the amount of movies that were released in '93. Because of how exceptional this year has been so far. And again, we've covered maybe five years, right? 92, 98, 95, 2000, 2002. This year just, man, blew me away. And in and, and the future, in the next three episodes, we're going to cover 1993. Spoiler alert, Gabe. We'll probably talk into more detail into some of these movies, but... Yeah, it yeah. was it was too good of a year for me not to have not for us not to have talked about how many great movies came out in 1993. Ridiculous! It really was a ridiculous year for movies. So That's happy. insane! What a you'd, like if you were trying to see all these in the theater, you just you just don't catch a break. You don't month. like honestly like you you could have <laughs> the first five six months you could have gone every weekend to see a different movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for June. June, you only had to watch uh, Jurassic Park. July, but you, you probably went to... back to see it a couple times. To be fair, but the other months would have given you plenty to go back twice in one month. All right, um, we are definitely way longer than I thought this was episode was going to go. But again, everybody who listens, thank you very much. Everybody who who texts me feedback and things like that, thank you very much. I will say this: when we go back next episode to 1993 into our regularly scheduled format. We're going to be overproducing the hell of it. Because I've been... Uh, yeah. Gabe, thank you for that reaction. You can't... Uh, the rest of you Very can't Very excited see. face. Yeah. For the rest. For the rest of you who can't see it. I have been I have been careful. Like, I've been like, oh, you know, we don't want to do this. We don't want to... But you know what? Yeah. No. The the chains are off, guys. Uh, I'm done. I'm... I'm uh, I, and again, it was only a personal thing. Like, I was like, maybe we shouldn't, you know, put clips and put music. And, you know what? No, we're done. We're going until somebody tells us to stop this train. Uh, 
I I feel like I've been I've I've been holding back for the wrong reasons, and and uh, it's gonna show on the next episode. We're we're gonna have more fun somehow. This fun show is gonna get even funner, is what I'm saying. More funnerful. More, oh, funnerful! Damn it, that's a t-shirt, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>